Hi, I'm Luann Botta, and I'm Marianne Crum. You know, lots of things may be in short supply these days, but hope doesn't have to be one of them. Join us for the next 30 minutes or so, and we'll remind you how you can live with unquenchable hope. Hi, everybody. We are going to start the third of our series on our identity in Christ. Yes. Can so, I rattle off the ones we've already done? Oh, yeah, please. Dude, I just wrote them down. Rattle away. Listen to what this all is. Okay. And we still have more. Yes, we do. Okay, so we're accepted, adopted, forgiven, justified, redeemed, rescued, reconciled, and dead to sin. But wait, there's, <laughs> there's more. more. <laughs> is that awesome? It is awesome. That's the thing. There's so much packed into all of those yes. words and all of those truths. Yes. That can be life-changing. Yes. So yeah, we're not doing this just because we needed something to fill up time. Oh, no. We know these are life-changing principles, yes. and I struggle to grab hold of these and actually remember them in my yes. daily life. But yes. the more I hear them, the more we talk about them. The more that yeah. it just changes you. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you don't have to take all of them, but maybe a couple of them and just really let that simmer inside of you. Yeah. The ones you struggle with. Yes. I think that where the enemy really fires away at you. You Um, can fire back. Yeah. And then when you feel like you have a little bit of a handle on those, then go to some of the other ones. But this is a constant thing. We constantly need to renew our minds on this because as we talked about before, we're living in the muck of this world that tries to whittle away. And all of these. Well, no, that's challenging right now. And I, I'll just say it the, right now with the, the gender issue that's going on. Mm-hmm. It is truly challenging the creator of the universe. It, that's what it is. It is. It's it is challenging. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's a good word. Shaking the fist at the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. He created them male and female. We're going to solidify who we are in Christ. Yeah. You know, the way I feel about this or think about it is that it's almost like we're living down here in this fog that it, the fog of war, I guess, yes. where it's, it's kind of hard to see sometimes and mm-hmm. remember these things. But then when you start rehearsing it in your mind and going over these scriptures, even just preparing for this, yes. even just sitting here talking about yeah. it, I feel like I'm in an airplane that lifts me up That's above right. all that fog. Mm-hmm. And now I'm up in the clear air. It's so funny that you just <laughs> said it because my younger sister said the pastor at home talked about living above the fray. Yes. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to get us above the fray. Yeah. I love it. I don't like to fly in general, but one part (laughs) I like about it is when you come up through the clouds and then it's just wide open and you can see all that stuff down below you. That's what this does for me. Yes. And it it brings clarity and we need clarity Clarity. right now. Yes, we do. Well, the next one that we are going to talk about is I am raised unto new Mm -hmm. life. Mm Mm-hmm. This one is very personal and powerful to me because I can remember my pre-Christ days Yes, because I was 19. And so sometimes when you come to Christ as a little kid, that's a, that's the best possible thing that could happen. Yes. But you don't have a lot of memory of the old life. No, you right. But for me, it meant the possibility of losing a lot of friendships. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just a whole complete different world that... Yep. I didn't ever know existed, (laughs) really. (laughs) No, I didn't either. So it was a drastic thing for me. I was in college. 2 Corinthians 5.20 is a verse that came to me first Mm -hmm. about this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. 
And that isn't just some theological concept, although it is. Yes. God sees us as a new person. It was real to me. Old things started passing away, not all at once. Yeah. You are born again. You're reconciled to God. Yes. We talked about that. Your sins are forgiven. All of that can happen in an instant. Yes. You're justified. Yes. You're declared not guilty. But... The old things passing away can take time. That's mm-hmm. a process that yes, it is a process. really goes on until you meet yes, the Lord. It is. it is. So that's why there's no condemnation, because we're making the effort to get closer to our identity to be in Him. The sanctification process. The sanctification process. Pro- mm-hmm. The scripture I, I had for this was also was Ephesians 2, 6, and it says that He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that's of a new life. We are seated in heavenly places with Him. Yeah, that right there. Now, that's a hard thing to get your brain wrapped around. What does that even mean? We're seated with him. We're seated with him. Our spirit man is seated with him in heavenly places. And I don't know, because you read all these heaven books, but I'm figuring this, that when we go to heaven, our bodies are not there. Amen to that. So what, So what? And, and the resurrected body has not occurred. Right. So all that's in heaven, truly, I believe when we go is our spirit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is mystery. we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Positionally. We're Yes. That's how he sees us. Correct. As being we're in right him. We're right alongside of him. We're right alongside. We're not him. We're not above him, obviously. And we're yeah. not, but we're seated alongside of him. That's being raised up in Christ. Well, bringing it back down to dealing with <laughs> this life, <laughs> Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says, in reference to your former way of life, yes. you are to rid yourselves of the old self, which mm-hmm. is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. You are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, which yes. in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. It's almost like we're given a new suit, but we have to grow into it. Yeah, no, I like that. God sees us as this new creation, and we are, and yet we have some of our old ruts in our thinking. We have old habits. Yes, it can be be attitudes, short-tempered, that he's still reeling in. So you're right. You're right. But Jesus (laughs) talked to this guy named Nicodemus, who was Mm -hmm. a Pharisee, but one who obviously was seeking truth, even though he only wanted to meet with Jesus like in a dark alley (laughs) where no one would see him. So there is that. He was a little on the wimpy side. He was afraid. But at least, (laughs) at least he was kind of open. And so Jesus just fried his brain when he said to him, you must be born again. And Nicodemus is like, what? How am I supposed to do that? You know, how can I climb back into my mother's womb? And we won't even think about that. But born again has become a phrase that's almost cliche. Yeah. But no, there's a sense where it's really true. I remember that all of a sudden. Wow. This is a whole new world. That it, yeah. I didn't even know was possible. You were or born was into there. newness of life. You were raised into newness of it's life. It's like all of a sudden I, I had, I was taking 18 hours of class, playing on the tennis team, doing all this. I was so busy, but I just wanted to study the Bible. I didn't yeah. even own a Bible. <laughs> I had to go to a bookstore and buy a Bible. I didn't even know what I was really looking for. There wow. were different versions and stuff. Wow. And I bought some kind of a Bible study book and I would just, in between all my other crazy busyness, I would sit down with that thing and it's like... This makes sense. Yeah. I never thought wow. the Bible could very make cool. sense to me. It's very, very cool. Very profound truth. Raised take it, up. And don't take it for granted if you've been a Christian most of your life. You no, need to still yes. like really appreciate the wonder yes. of what happened. Sure. 
when you came to Christ. Yes. Okay. Next one is, I am a member of Christ's body. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the body of Christ, it's a phrase that we as Christians throw around all the time, and so do I. And then sometimes I step back and I think, what would a person who's not a believer think we were talking about? That's one of those... To say that we're a member of Christ's body or to say... Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, that whole idea. It's just a phrase we use a lot because yeah. we understand what it means. It means his church, yes. all the people that are Christ followers... Uh, yes. Truly Christ followers, Christ followers yes. in their hearts. Yes. And in Romans 12, there's an illustration of what this means. It says, for just as we have many parts in one body mm-hmm. and all the body's parts do not have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually parts of yes. one another. Well, I think that being a part of that church, there is also a scripture. I don't know where it is. I was trying to look for it and I can't mm. find it. But how you are to, and I know it's not congregate with other believers. Oh, that Hebrews. It, yes. Yeah, don't forsake the don't, assembling no, of yourselves together. Yes. And why would he say that unless he knew we needed each other? Yeah. We could all make excuses why we don't want to go to church. Mm-hmm. I would like to golf on Sunday mornings, <laughs> but you mm-hmm. don't. Why? Because you get together with other believers mm-hmm. and we're all human. So you have to deal with everybody, you know, mm-hmm. but we need each other. When push comes to shove and we're in Christ, we need each other. There's a strength there. Yes, there is. And a power, I think, too. Tremendous power. When you think about it, every believer has the Holy Spirit in them. So when you get together with other believers, there's all that Holy Spirit there. (laughs) Plus worshiping. When you worship, I love worshiping. Okay, I'm reading the best book I have read in a long, long time. It's called Bold by Sean Foyt. And he Mm -hmm. talked about bold worship. So far, I have underlined every chapter, but (laughs) my mouth kind of dropped. Because when we worship, we literally open up heaven's gates. Mm -hmm. So when you worship in a a congregational setting, all those voices, I mean, you can do it on your own, obviously, Mm, and I do it during my prayer time, but he didn't say do it on your own all the time. You're to congregate with other believers and worship him. And that sound just ministers to his ear. So I think the body of Christ is essential. I know that I struggle sometimes. I don't think we're where we should be. I don't think that America would be where it is now if the body of Christ had been a little bit more Mm. on the ball, Mm -hmm. but, but we, we need each other. Yeah. And there's Paul's description (laughs) of we're not all eyes. We're not all feet, you know, that whole thing. So when we are not functioning in a local church, we're depriving that church body of some essential function that, that we we're to, missing. Yeah. That, yes. Well, that we need to fill. Yes. We need to be that foot mm-hmm. to that congregation. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know yes. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It works two ways. We're yes. missing out. Because, and they're missing out. Because we're just a toe out here trying to function without the body. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but also that body's having to function without the toe. That's right. It is important. It's the one institution that God set up. Yes, there's a lot of organizations out there that are are parachurch ministries, mm-hmm. and they're all good. But the local church is the one yes, that yes, he set is. up. Yes, it is. And as soon as you said that about the big toe, I'll give you a story um, mm-hmm. that came to mind. Okay, I, I was Pittsburgh Steeler fan, obviously, for all these years. Back in the day when they were very good and won four Super Bowls, uh, their middle linebacker, his name was Jack Lambert. Mm-hmm. And he was phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal player. Do you know what took him out of, of playing? He broke his big toe. It never healed correctly, and he could never get off his feet quick enough 
because of that big toe. So look how much, when you just said that about big toe and we kind of giggled, but he needed that. Without That's it, right. he could not play anymore. If you've ever stubbed your toe, yeah, you know. And you're hobbling. Right. So we need each other. Yes. And, and the do. scripture does say, and where do I have it here? In Colossians 1.18, and I'm just reading a little piece of it. He says, he is also head of the body, the church. So Christ is head of the body, which is the church. He is the head of it. So we're being obedient to be a member. Yeah, I wrote down, a body can live without an arm or a foot, but if the head is gone, that's it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. So that's why it's called Christ's body. Yes. He's the head. I think, to me, that is what, when you talk about end times or the rapture, if you use that word, that yes. freaks some people out too. But yeah. to me, that's the joining together of the head with the body. That's right. That's no, very much gonna... a picture of it. Christ is a head right now, but he needs his body. Yeah. Well, he doesn't need it, but yeah. yes, in heaven, all that will be joined together as yeah. as it should have been from we'll the beginning. It. That's exactly what it says. All right. Plus, okay, one other aspect of that, we talked about acceptance. Yes. Mm-hmm. We are accepted. Mm-hmm. Well, Part of the sense that we get is Christ accepting us through people in our church. Yeah, There's no place yes. I go where I feel more accepted yeah. than, than in the church. Than in the church. And, mm-hmm. and they feel like my family well, because the, they are. It is a church family. Right. And that's exactly right. There is a family. Mm-hmm. And you feel like family. You really that, do. Like, that, yeah, you do. Why wouldn't it be when we have the same Holy Spirit in yes. us and mm-hmm. they are our brothers and sisters? Yes. That's what Jesus said, too. That's so, exactly okay. right. So, All right. Next one, it kind of is intertwined with some things we've Mm -hmm. already talked about, but it says, I am no longer under judgment. Mm -hmm. You talked last time, I think, about no double jeopardy. We can't be retried for the same Mm -hmm. crimes over and over again. (laughs) The judge has declared us not guilty, Mm -hmm. so we won't be dragged into that court again in terms of our justification before God. John 5.24 says, Mm -hmm. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed Mm -hmm. from death to life. Mm -hmm. There you go. Don't come under judgment. It's it's not like a... It's not a free pass. like a a get-out-of-jail-free card. No, it's not a free pass. We're not talking like that. No. It's not a free pass. I wouldn't say it like that to a teenager or to a young adult. And you know what? I'm not going to just blame them. It could be to any of us. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not going to put it on them. A lot of adults still do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So we're just not condoning sin. No, it's not like, okay, oh, good. I'm not under judgment. So I'm gonna, that's not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's when you, when you truly are repenting and turning away. And if you fall again, that's when he said you can get right back up if you fall. But when you make it a lifestyle, when you make it, you know what? I'm going to do this anyway. I, I, this is how I want to live right now. And I'll deal with this later. That's what we're talking about. And there's some verses in I think First John that you are pretty find those everywhere. sobering yes. about that kind of attitude. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's indicative of okay, maybe you need to go back and check whether you truly were born again. Yes, but I think when we're talking about our identity in Christ, part of our identity in Christ is no longer being under judgment. Yeah, that is part of the identity. Uh, Romans eight one. There's therefore now no condemnation yes. for those who are in Christ Jesus. And this is maybe my favorite one that then I got it out of the New Living Translation, but it's Colossians 2.14 said he canceled the record of charges against us and Mm. took it away by nailing it to the cross. Oh, yeah. That's good. And I remember you and I did that retreat together and you brought that big cross Mm -hmm. and that's what... Very powerful. That's what we did. Yes. You heard those women hitting that with the nail? You could hear them hitting it. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, whoa. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's a visual thing. And yeah. hey, make your own cross and go, you can do that on your own. Yes. Or if you need that visual of what actually happened, this yes. is saying that, that he canceled 
the record of charges against us. Yes. He took all of our speeding tickets, all of our, <laughs> yeah. or worse, all of our gossip tickets. Yes. All under those him, things. And himself. he nailed it to the cross. Yes. We're no longer under judgment. The wrath of God is not falling upon us. Right. Because of that identity that we're no longer under judgment. But he's trying to say, look, when, when you came to me and I adopted you into my family, I gave you all these things. Mm-hmm. I've accepted you right away. Mm-hmm. I justified you. You are no longer under judgment under me. Mm-hmm. All of those things yeah. were ours. And then life happens, but we have to put ourselves back and say, Lord, forgive me back into the repentance. And all of a sudden you're accepted, you're forgiven, you're justified. All that comes back. We don't lose our identity unless we totally walk away and say, you know what? I'm not into this anymore. I'm walking away. The key is to just live out our identity. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Perfect. We have a friend. He used to say when he would face temptation, he could resist it if he remembered to say, that's not who I am anymore. Yes. So he was essentially saying that. That's yes. not my identity anymore. I'm not doing that. Yes. That's yeah, that's good. huge. I and, had one of my former students, he w- he became a pastor. And he said at one point too, he goes, I got to the place where I said that I am no longer under judgment for this. Why would I run back to it and then have to go through that all again and come back to that? I know 12-step <clears throat> programs have helped a lot of people. So don't hear me just blanketly criticizing those. But one of the things that bothers me about it is standing up and saying, I'm Fred and I'm an alcoholic. Oh, yeah. It's like they retain oh, that oh, identity yeah. mm-hmm. because they'll say it's a lifelong battle. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. For a believer? I don't know. No, because you're not that. That's not who you are anymore. Express your identity and walk out your identity. It would be like saying, uh, my name is Louanne and I'm a fearful person. Yeah. Well, no, you're not. You don't have to be. You don't have to be, so don't say that. Yeah, so it's it's like that. That's not what God says about you. Yes. All right. The next one is, I am known by God. I love this the Uh, most. Now, see, that can either (laughs) make you terrified Mm -hmm. Or you could accept mm-hmm. it as a wonderful blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't we all just want to be known mm-hmm. by, and then loved anyway? Yes. Yes. That's what so much of the world is striving for. Well, we all want to be known, loved, and have significance. Yeah. All of us. If you don't find yeah. it in Christ, you'll go look for it somewhere else. You'll go look for it somewhere In else. some bad places. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where Looking that's saying love in all, all the wrong places. places. <laughs> I'm sure it's where that came from is because everybody wants to be loved. And, and they um, want to feel love. I want to be known by God. Yes, I do too. And <laughs> Psalm 139, really that whole psalm is awesome, awesome picture of just how fully known we really are and, and loved anyway. But I'm just going to read the first yes. three verses. It says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You understand my thought from a far way. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. I love it. And you know what? That's so good because the Lord spoke to my heart many, many years ago. Just memorize that whole chapter because he said, you do not know who you are in me. And he goes, go and start reading it. And I memorized it. And because it gets in you, it just gets in you and you have to know who you are. He knows when you sit down or when you stand up, he knows. Do you want to know how many times I get in and out of my car? See, I'm mad because I got a Fitbit for free because oh, I'm sweet. on Medicare now. Oh, I, yeah. Joe and I both got them, so we're always comparing our numbers. But it makes me mad because sometimes it doesn't record my steps or you know, I'll yes. get on the elliptical machine for 30 minutes and it doesn't think I walk. But God knows. He knows. He knows every step, every every step you take. Yeah. He knows every step we take. He does. I'll be watching you. <laughs> that's actually, that's actually. <laughs> When I start thinking of the rest of the I feel like I'm words. like a karaoke bar here. 
<laughs> but um, Isaiah 43, 10, this is like one of my favorites. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. I want to be known. You are my witnesses. He's so personal. Yes. He sees each of us individually, not just as a clump. We yes. were talking about, we are the body. Yes. And he sees every little part every of part. that body. We are known by him. This is a cool verse in Jeremiah. This is what God said to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, mm-hmm. I knew you. Mm-hmm. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And that just doesn't count for prophets and big evangelists. That's all of us. Yes. He knew us before we were formed. Before and, we were even thought And of. Psalm 139 says the same thing. That's when right. you were still in your mother's womb. Yes. And he before talks you're... about knitting us together. Yes. In... Yes. We are known by him. We are known by God. And treasured. And that's a big thought. When yeah. you think about it, I'm known by you. Lord, I'm known. That terrifies some people, yes. but it shouldn't. No, he knows where I'm going to head off the rest of the day after I leave here. We're just known by him. If we really understood his love, which we'll come to in a minute, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be a scary thought. Yes, I get it. And I, there is another scripture. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but mm-hmm. this is part of it in 1 Corinthians 8, 3. If anyone loves God, he is known by him. If anyone loves God, okay, that's the believer, he is known by him. Interesting. Isn't that good? Yeah. Although technically, I guess he knows about everybody, whether sure. they love him or not. Yeah. But, but I think it's a different, different. kind of no. Mm-hmm. It's probably that relational yes. no. He's known by I mean, God. I can know the guy down the road, yes. but I know my husband more. Sure. Right, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Next one. Okay. I am chosen. Mm-hmm. In our series we did on rejection, Luanne, you were talking about the horrible thing that happens in PE classes with oh, little yes. kids and picking mm-hmm. teams mm-hmm. and... Again, I think one of those needs that everybody has is to be chosen, yes. to be picked. Mm-hmm. In fact, reminds me of the series that's... Oh, The Chosen. The Chosen, yes. right. The, yeah, I think the point of that is not just that the disciples were chosen, that right. we all are chosen. We've been chosen. But we've been chosen before the foundation of the world. That was that Ephesians. Jer- Ephesians, okay. That you read, oh. like Ephesians 1, maybe? Yes, Ephesians 1. Right, like the Jeremiah 1, you, yes. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Yes. But let's see, John fifteen sixteen says, yes. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask, and Father, in my name, he may give it to you. Heaven knows we wrung everything out of that John 15 that we could ever wring out when <laughs> yeah, we talked right. about abiding and <laughs> yes. we went through all those verses. <laughs> yeah. So we won't, don't worry if you're feeling a sense of panic right now that we're going to go through all that vine and fruit stuff again, calm down. We're not. But in that, the part of that is the beginning that I wanted to point out. You did not choose me, but I chose you. <sighs> yes. Now, this could open a whole can of worms that we're not going to get into because there are some denominations believe in predestination, and we're not going to get into all of that because there's scriptures on both sides of that argument. In fact, John 6.44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise Mm -hmm. him up on the last day. And Mm -hmm. so I don't understand that, except that God knows in advance how we're going to respond. Correct. So in that sense, we're chosen I know how but, I was drawn. He, he drew me through circumstances. So mm-hmm. I, I, I know that's what he does. And he, yet we still have free will. Sure. So he, I feel like he draws everybody. Sure. It's just some people respond to it and, and some, some don't. don't. Choose not to. First Timothy 2.4 reinforces that. He says, God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So yes. it's not like he just loves people. Some people and doesn't love the no, other No, he ones. wants everybody. He wishes nobody perishes. Yeah. So obviously right. everybody's going to get a chance. 
right. to, to have said yes or no. Mm-hmm. And also in Second Thessalonians 2.13, it says, God has chosen you from the beginning of salvation through sanctification by the Spirit. So he chose us in the beginning. Right. Like he said, I, I chose you. So if we really walked in that truth, that we really felt chosen... It would, it would make a difference. Like yes. my whole sorority story. That was oh, one of no, my problems. Huge. One of the reasons I didn't really <laughs> enjoy it was because I wasn't sure they really chose me or I was just <laughs> inflicted upon them. <laughs> inflicted. <laughs> because, so it was almost like they were a little afraid of me or something. The, the national vice president of the sorority was a friend of my mom's and she wrote a recommendation letter for me, which I found out yeah. later. Oh, yeah. So they really were afraid to say no to me. Oh, because I mean, to turn me down. You know, Rush is a brutal thing yeah. because you get rejected by some sororities and accepted by others. Uh, yeah. and it's, it's horrible. It's a horrible, it's a horrible, horrible yes. traumatic it's experience. Ridiculous. Nowadays yeah. with all the social anxiety out there, that'd be like your worst nightmare. But it was bad. Enough in 1975, let me tell you. <laughs> but anyway, when you don't feel like you've been chosen, uh, that's right. Kind of like an arranged marriage, it would always seem weird oh, to yeah. me. No, that would be not good. Yeah, I, I don't think like so that. either. No. Right? Our identity in Christ, we have been chosen. I may take that today and be my day when I'm just singing out, Lord, you chose me. I, mm-hmm. I didn't choose you first. You chose me first. Mm-hmm. I did not. I did not initiate that. Yeah. You chose me. I mean, I'm looking out all over the whole world and I'm thinking, why would he choose me for That's a That's exactly right. You know, he chose Billy Graham uh, and all these people. Yeah. That's why we yeah, should feel really, me. really valued because right. we've been chosen. All right. Well, that's, that's another, another episode, rap. folks. Now we're going at a turtle's pace, but we hope think- that you are really being blessed and encouraged yes, because these verses, like we said last time, are loaded with hope. Yeah. It's to encourage us all that we have an identity and we're hearing all about identity in the culture right now. But you know what? We have a true identity in Jesus Christ. Yeah, We don't need to let anyone else tell us what our identity is. That's exactly And that's right. what happens. We form our identity mm-hmm. of ourselves based on what other people tell us yeah. it should be. But no, yeah. we need to go on what God said. That's exactly right. And I'm going to stand and say, nope, that's not who I am. I know who I am. So it's good. All right. Well, Well, it's a wrap and we got one more to do. Okay. Okay. See you (laughs) next next week. Thanks for joining us today. If this podcast encouraged you, it might encourage someone else too. So please share it and share some hope.